May peace be with you. If you stick around at the end, there's more information about our community and how to find us. And now, here's this week's Centering Scripture, followed by the sermon. The scripture is from Isaiah 1:17. Learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the orphan, plead the case of the widow. And from Romans 12:21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Yeah, beloved. What's oh, a hot mic? This is a tough one. (coughs) One where knee-jerk reactions and strong feelings are almost assured. So I'm going to invite us now to just take a deep breath. May we listen with an open heart. To start... I have been doing anti-racist facilitator training with my conference in the United Church of Christ. And I've learned there are several values of white supremacist institutions and systems. And one of those values is dualism. Dualism. The idea that things or people are either good or bad. There is right and there is wrong. There is no gray area or complex dynamics. Dualism. So I'll ask you to keep this in mind as we continue. Recognizing that this congregation has a rich history of doing anti-racist work. And I believe that no one in this room wants to uphold white supremacist values. Right? Amen? Well, here's a case study to see how this unfolds on the world stage. Middle Eastern uh, uh, historian and author Simon Montefiore wrote an article for The Atlantic. In it, he says, peace in the Israel-Palestine conflict had already been difficult to achieve before Hamas's barbarous October 7 attack and Israel's military response, end quote. So we have one side being set up as bad and another as good, or at least justified, but I pray we consider it may not be as cleanly dualistic as all that. He continues, Whatever the enormous complexities and challenges of bringing about a peaceful future, one truth should be obvious among decent people. Killing 1,400 people, kidnapping more than 200 including scores of civilians, was deeply wrong. Yet since October 7, Western academics, students, artists, and activists have denied, excused, or even celebrated the murders by a terrorist sect that proclaims an anti-Jewish genocidal program. Code is most famously with From the River to the Sea. He, lives, he leaves out the rest of that chant, which is, Palestine will be free but calls it a chilling phrase that implicitly endorses the killing or deportation of the nine million Israelis. 
clearly painting Hamas, and by association, Palestine as evil and Israel as good if we subscribe to a dualistic worldview. The Atlantic article's free preview ends with this sentiment. It seems odd that one has to say killing civilians, old people, even babies is always wrong, but today, say it, one must. Indeed, it does need to be said today. And I would add, since October 7, Rutgers reports that over 10,000 Palestinians have been killed by that Israeli military response. Of them, 4,104 are children. Can we also agree that that is wrong? Or are Palestinian children disposable? I will add, another value of white supremacy is the disposability of people. As Mr. Montefiore says, killing civilians, old people, even babies is always wrong. And yes, Hamas killed at least 113 infants on October 7, according to local Turkish reporting. And as a parent, my heart weeps for their families. And in response, Israel has killed over 4,100 children. That's 40 times. 40 times. My heart is broken. Yet Mr. Montefiore only calls Hamas barbarous. And he is not alone in painting and condemning all Palestinians with Hamas, even though The Hill reported a few weeks ago that fewer than 30%, 30% of Palestinians support Hamas. Most Palestinians do not support Hamas. How could you? And yet, as people of faith, what do we do in response to their brutality? Especially when our country's ally, Israel, immediately commits the same crimes against humanity 40 times over. Can we not mourn for even a day, a week, a year before we resort to violence? This church has a long history of, de of dedication to justice and peacemaking. We can look all the way back to the Vietnam era when peace bonds were sold by this congregation. So it should be no surprise that when our world is not at peace, we are unsettled. Our prayer time today will be a time to lament the suffering of innocence, and I invite us to recognize how violence begets violence. In John 18, 10 to 11, which we didn't read this morning, but I think is also apropos, we hear how Jesus explicitly rebu rebukes violence as a response to violence. Put your sword away, Jesus commands Peter. Jesus' teaching is that the path to transformation comes when responding to hatred and violence with love and nonviolence. Jesus knew that responding to violence with violence only perpetuates the cycle of harm. And we are seeing what happens. We're seeing what responding to violence with violence leads to played out on the world stage.
Leaders in Israel feel justified to slaughter Palestinians. Hamas feels justified to slaughter Israeli children back and forth. Let's take a deep breath. So here's a question. Have you ever felt as though the United States government has done something that didn't represent you and was morally wrong? Anyone? Hands? One or two? Yeah, right? So I hope we can recognize that governments and organizations only sometimes are reflective of the common people that they claim to speak for. Is that fair to say? So we can hold two disparate conceits in our heads at once. We can embrace complexity and reject dualism. We can love our country and challenge it when it makes immoral moves. We can love native peoples whose ancestors raided our country's forts and outposts, killing American soldiers and civilians when they were being colonized. With that in mind, I want to emphasize that Hamas does not speak for or act on behalf of all Palestinian people, nor does the Israeli government represent the will of all Israelis, or for that matter, Jews around the world. The latest polls show that Netanyahu is at 27% popularity, about the same level as Hamas in Palestine. These unpopular, unkind, ruthless people are charged to lead their people and are slaughtering civilians. Our community here at St. Luke has stood by native peoples here in our country for decades. We have spoken out against colonization and the dehumanizing brutality that has been inflicted on the native peoples of our country. And in the same way, I am inviting us this morning during our prayer time to set our hearts in solidarity with the native Palestinian people who are being systemically driven from their homes by a significantly more powerful colonizing nation. And at the same time, we can side with those in Israel who are protesting their government's indiscriminate bombing of Gaza while praying for the people of Gaza who are experiencing unimaginable suffering after generations of brutal colonization and devastation, we can hold these conflicting points at once. Let us take another breath. This is uncomfortable. And we do not have to let that discomfort push us into dualistic thinking or affirm the disposability of children from another nation. It is complex, as our youth have said. And violence tightens the noose, making resolution seem farther away. And there is still good news for today. There is. The good news is that the oppressed can be and always will be uplifted if we can bravely reject dualism and seek instead an expansive inclusivity. 
where we care for those who are different than us, who do things we disagree with, and still affirm their rights as people. In Matthew 5, we hear the powerful words from Jesus. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. They will not be run down by state-sanctioned propaganda and military might or guerrilla warfare. The powers of destruction and colonization will not crush the spirit of the people and commodify their land for their own use without being challenged and called out. This is the good news. Accountability can and will happen. As we learned our land was colonized and Native Americans were driven from their lands, we challenged Columbus Day. Right? We reimagine Columbus Day as what? Indigenous Peoples Day. To uplift the oppressed. It does not fix anything. Amen? But it is a step towards healing. To not uplift and support and glorify the colonizer. It is a step towards relationship to recognize the harm that Columbus Day and Columbus himself inflicted. We know this. But lesser is known than our country's colonization of indigenous people, however, is how Palestine continues to be colonized and their peoples driven from their homes. Colonization has not ended in the modern era. And with the might of the colonial force of the United States weapons funding at their disposal, finding land and houses for all those Jews who were not welcome anywhere else, even here in America, is easy. Easy if people are disposable and can be painted as evil. Is it any surprise that we don't know about colonization around the world as well? Take another deep breath. Israeli people have running water, internet, hospitals, the ability to travel, the ability to build new homes, the ability to live without their children, writing their names on their arms in case they are in a building hit by a bomb and need to be identified. Palestinian children cannot claim any of these things. And anti-Semitism is growing worldwide, even here in America. We can hold these two realities as true. October 7 was a brutal day for innocent Jewish lives. And even the place they thought was safe, the one place where they could be Jewish and safe, was very much not. Hamas made things so much worse for Palestinians and Jews alike. I know we can hold non-dualistic ideas. I know we can. The U.S. military can be in the wrong, and veterans can still deserve our care. 
at the same time. Israel can be in the wrong and Jews can still deserve our care at the same time. Hamas can be in the wrong and Palestinians can still deserve our care at the same time. Take a breath. Just take a breath. We're breathing through the discomfort. I don't know how to end the violence. I don't know how to end it. But I do know the median age in Gaza is 19. 19. In America, it's 38. They're kids. My faith is grounded in a deep commitment to justice, nonviolence, and solidarity with the oppressed. We heard it in our scripture. Take up the cause of the orphan and the widow. Follow the ways of Jesus to command those who would return violence with violence to put your sword away. That is the good news today. That is the good news today. We can say that. We can care for those who are hurting and demand that those who are leading to put their swords away. We are able to speak out, condemn brutality, no matter who does it. Demand another way. Mourn with the grieving. Recognize the pain and complexity. Witness and amplify the stories of the oppressed, no matter what flag is flown over them. Let's take one more breath. And allow ourselves to be challenged and seek understanding, as we heard from our young people. Seek understanding instead of retaliation. Commit to care and not carnage. May we be non-dualistic instruments for the music of peace and healing in a world too often marred by violence from those with power against those without power. Amen. As a church located on Lakota land in Minnetonka, Minnesota, St. Luke is a joyful, inclusive, intergenerational, and compassionate community on a spiritual journey seeking to do justice, make peace, and to walk humbly with God. We invite you to join us live for virtual worship each Sunday morning on Facebook or YouTube, or by following the worship links on our website, stluke.mn. Thanks for listening. May you go in peace.